Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Here we go, Hour 2 on Sports Radio 950 KJR, Comcast, Sportsnet Northwest, and the around the country on the iHeartRadio app. Go search for Sports Radio KJR. All i got to do is uh, type that into your app. The iHeart app is super handy. Now, Steve, I know you had a bunch of people who found out that you were going to come in and, and, and sit in on the show and who were asking you, how do I, how do I hear this show? This, this iHeart app is the real deal. Super okay. simple way to do it, man. Just, just go, if you have a smartphone, go download this and just do a quick search for KJR. You can hear us anywhere you've got cell reception. Awesome. Awesome. And that includes in Coleman, Alabama. Now, why would I mention Coleman, Alabama? Well, there's a reason why. I wonder why. Not too many weeks ago, we witnessed the crowning of the, of the brand-new Bassmaster Classic champion, one, one Jordan Lee. And, uh, Jordan, I, I would wager that after day one, you were one of the last guys who would have said to yourself, you know what, I am going to win this thing in two days. Is that, is that safe to say? That is very safe to say. Uh, when you're when you start off a tournament, and I, I think at the time I was probably let's just say 15 pounds back. Yeah, you, you don't you don't think you're going to go out. And you, that's that's not a tournament you think you're going to win. But uh, you know things work out. Things worked out, and it was just uh, felt like it was just my time. Yeah. By the way, thanks thanks for the time this morning. Really appreciate that. I I, uh, I remember I remember your on stage on day one. The, this okay. So the, the classic was held on Lake Conroe, which is near Houston. Way in was at Minute Maid Park, which is which is the home of the Houston Astros. Super cool uh, arena. I mean, really really great venue. And of course, Lake Conroe, Jordan is known as a okay bass fishery right wouldn't you say i mean conroe's been known to produce a fish or two here and there yeah no doubt conroe uh it's a different lake and you know we were there at actually a little bit of a tough time but it it, it does have a a lot of big fish in it so so you come in after day one and and jordan's on stage was kind of like you know i you caught what like nine nine pounds and change something like that and yeah, that's eight something, eight eight pounds and some change. Yeah, and the thing that struck me was was Jordan's up there going, you know what? The the wind was blowing really hard. It was it was not it was not a pleasant day on Lake Conroe. I can tell you that for for darn sure. But your on stage was about the fact that it took you like ten minutes to get your rain gear on. You were like you were like, yeah. man, I, I was such a mess today that I tried to get my rain gear on, and the wind was blowing so hard yeah. that anybody who was watching me thought I was like in the circus because I couldn't get my rain gear on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so and so there you started day one with eight pounds and some change, and Brent Ayler came in with with twenty three and some change. So so you're thinking to yourself after day one, you're like, all right. So basically now, I just have to save a little face. I have to go out tomorrow and catch enough fish that you know. I mean, I, I mean, I've 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 got a chance to at least show out a little bit. So let's let's talk through day two first of all. What happened on day two? Yeah, so day two, you know, it, it, I started on the the place that. Eventually, won me the tournament. Um, I, I really caught all my big fish off one spot, but you know, I fished it three times the first day, and and I, I you know, it, I wanted to start there the next day just because I knew the potential. And you know, I started there, and you know, I probably fished for you know twenty or thirty minutes and didn't get a bite. So, I, you know, I left and I just went and fished new, a lot of new water, and. Uh, I lost two really. I lost two big fish. Um, you know, probably about ten or eleven o'clock. I was flipping some shallow cover and, and lost two big fish. But you know, I, I didn't have a fish in, in the boat at, at noon, 
And that's been the case for me at times. You know, I, I'm known for not starting off good. I mean, I'm always – but, you know, I've, I've been there before. I know you just got to keep going. You know, you just got to keep – you got to keep casting and you can't – you can't get down on yourself and just give up. And that's one thing I didn't do. And I, I went back um, to the, the place and at, at noon I had zero fish in the box. And then I caught my first one was a seven and a half. And then I caught, ended up catching, you know, I fished there for probably 45 more minutes. Ended up catching two more, um, probably around in the six pound range. So I had three really nice fish, but I, I left that spot and I wanted to go, uh, you know, fish some, some new stuff on my way in and I ended up catching the keeper and that was, uh, you know, that, that gave me four. So it really, really happened quick for me. And, you know, that's, that's the things you need to happen. So let's, let's, you make a reference to, I've been here before you, your first classic was on Gunnersville, which is, that's your home lake, correct? I mean, you, you kind of grew up around that's Gunnersville. Right. And and similar situation there. You you did you did. I don't remember exactly what your finish was. Bottom line though is as as a rookie in the classic, you you did very well, correct? Right. Yeah. I I ended up in sixth. Sixth. Right. That's solid. And, and uh, yeah. I mean, it it was it was definitely solid at the time, and it would be solid any any year. But uh, you know that tournament was it was it was the same kind of deal. You know, I mean, I, I had a really tough start, and you know, you figure the fish out, or and the fish. You know, you, you find you find one spot or one little deal, and you, you know, you start catching them, and you know it, it looks it looks a lot different. So I mean, it's just a lot of times you're just looking for that one little clue. So as you head into day three, you did did a lot better on day two, but let's let's talk about kind of your mind frame going into day three because the bottom line is that is that you were still a long ways behind Ayler. I mean, I mean there right. there were guys ahead, and you, and you thought to yourself, okay, I mean. I'll go out there and catch what I did today, and I'll and I'll and I'll you know finish in the top you know fifteen or whatever it happens to be, like right. beyond your wildest dreams. I'm 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 sure you didn't think to yourself today I'm going to go win the Bassmaster Classic. No, you know I I really didn't. I, I even even with twenty seven pounds of lava, I mean I knew what I I pretty much knew what I had, and I still thought there was no shot. You know I I mean because. That just means everybody's just got to struggle really hard, you know, and, and that just doesn't happen. You know, that was one thing that happened in this classic. The, the, the final day, you know, besides a, a few guys, I mean, it was a really tough day, uh, and if, you know, for a lot, of, a lot of the best anglers. And that's something you can't count on. And that's something that, you know, you don't go into the tournament. I mean, not only did I have to catch them really good, but, you know, a lot of guys definitely had to, had to struggle. And I forget the exact numbers, Jordan. But but going into day three, how many pounds? How many pounds were you out of the lead? Yeah, I was. I think around uh, fourteen and something. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what it was. Yeah, for, I think it was almost approaching fifteen. I just for some reason fifteen sticks in my mind. Easy easy number to remember. But so here's what happens: like during the, during the court, because you know Bass does such a good job of of keeping track of what everybody's doing. This this you know chatter started to start around. Jordan Lee's catching this. Jordan Lee's catching that. And at the time. You didn't have you didn't have a a live camera with you. I mean, there, there's a lot of this stuff that that happened before anybody was really prepared for it. Like I don't, I don't think uh, th- those of us who were out here taking pictures, I certainly was not prepared to go shoot what you were doing because I just thought okay, 15 pounds. I mean, it wasn't. I didn't really think about that. But 
right. the end of the day, we're all we're all in the in, this is kind of funny because you'll appreciate this, Jordan. So so Garrick Dixon and I are in the photography pit beforehand, and we're like, does does Jordan Lee have a chance to win this thing? And we were just kind of we were just blown away by the fact that you had you had an honest to god possibility of because we knew you had a bunch of fish, but we didn't know for sure yeah. what Ayler had. We didn't know what Kennedy had. There were a handful of guys who who throughout the course of the day looked like they could possibly. And to tell you the truth, I'm not going to lie to you, I thought Steve Kennedy was going to win the Bassmaster Classic. That I thought to myself, you know, Kennedy's got enough weight, he's going to win it, Jordan's going to come right. super close, but he's not quite going to get there. I, 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 I mean, I really thought... I really thought it wasn't going to be me. That's all I knew. I mean, I I, I don't blame you for 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 not picking me because I I wasn't really I really wasn't picking myself. You know, I, I wanted to see what the skills had to had to say, and you know that's that's what always you know it tells the it definitely tells the truth. But I mean, it was uh yeah, it was so it was so close. I mean, you know, for Kennedy and you know. uh Ayler, I mean, they just needed one or two more pounds, you know, that whatever bass track, you know, was off. Just If it was just off just a little bit, it would have been a different story. Is this the biggest comeback in the Bassmaster Classic oh, yeah. history? Oh, yeah, by by far. Yeah, by by far. I mean, there, there have been some really good ones. I mean, Randy Howell did it at Gunnersville, the one that Jordan finished sixth. Randy was... I think it was like nine pounds back. I mean, so so almost fifteen pounds. I mean, that's. I mean, Steve, you're you're a tournament bass fisherman. Used to be, 50, but yeah, fifteen oh, pounds God. back in a day is that's it's unheard. That of. doesn't happen. A fifteen pound bag is a good bag up here. You yeah. know, that's, yeah, it just doesn't happen all that often. So, Jordan, you you get to the stage, you bring okay. up your fish. The, I mean, I know this is going to be impossible for you to translate this, and I, I'm sure you've probably had to explain this, you know, a hundred times since that. But the moment of of first of all, you you, you come to the stage. You have your fish, you weigh them in, and then you have to sit there in the hot seat about 10 feet away from the Bassmaster Classic champion, yeah. or the, the trophy, and you just have to just just suffer through it as these guys come to the yeah. scale. So Kennedy comes, he comes with tw- uh, like 21 pounds, barely misses it. And you finally get to the point where, where Brent Ayler is coming to the stage. Now, now th- run us through in your mind how that whole thing happened from, from that moment on. You know, it was it was a little bit of a blur now looking back on it, but when 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 Brent, you know, when he got his fish out, uh, you know, that's kinda when I knew that you know, it looked a little it looked a little light and it didn't look like you had any good ones in there and mm-hmm. you know, that's that's kinda the moment you know, hey, you know, I'm fixing to win this deal and um, you know, he he congratulated me before he even weighed his fish in and um, you know that, that, that as good of a moment you know that was for me. I know how bad of a moment it was for Brent. So oh yeah, oh yeah. You know that that that's you know I've been on that side of it. You know in the late tournament mm-hmm. when you're walking up and you know that you don't have it or yep you just see those scales and it's just not a good feeling and it's it's the opposite feeling for me. You know I mean yeah. I it was just I was on top of the world but. At the same time, even you know when you win the Bassmaster Classic, you still uh, you still feel for those guys. You know, I mean that's that's what we all that's what we all you know dream about. And but it, you know it was definitely it was it was my time. And uh, but I mean that feeling of of knowing you're you just won the biggest tournament in your life that you're ever going to win. 
is is pretty it's pretty crazy and I think it's it's more awesome just to look back on it because you know that memory doesn't you know it doesn't last very long you know it's it's five it's five minutes that you that you're living it and then it's over yeah um, five but, but the, the the memory is is just it's it's amazing you know yeah, yeah the cool the cool thing about that whole thing jordan is that is that that lives on forever on youtube and so forth and i mean I, and i have actually right. in 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 preparing for this i mean i i mean i i you know i got i had a great seat i mean i was right down there in the pit i got to see this yeah. from, from you know from like a foot and a half away right i mean it was super cool right. but but looking at it and i and i urge you if you've not seen this go to youtube and just type in, you know, 2017 Bassmaster Classic Jordan Lee. It takes you through. It basically starts from when Jordan brings his fish to the stage. He's got 27 pounds. There's there's a there's a moment in there where where Dave Mercer he 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 says to Jordan he says you know in, in a couple minutes somebody's going to stand on that X right there and they're going to raise that yeah. trophy over their head. And you you were a little bit overcome in that moment. I mean you were. I mean obviously yeah. you were and you're you're kind of an emotional dude. I mean it's not like the the very the very first time that you've ever shown people that that this stuff is yeah. really really important to you. But you said something it, it, that I that I will love you for for the rest of your days. You, you said I don't do this for for money or for fame. I just do this because I just love to catch fish. Yeah, yeah, and super sincere, yeah. dude. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it. I mean, you know that that that's something that I want. You know that's that's something I want like the public to know because you know they they perceive us as you know that we have a lot of money or you know, no, no, I say they no, that's not a good term people uh, in general you know I just see it from social media and stuff like that you know they perceive us as you know or perceive they could perceive me as a, a kid that has a lot of money or a, a kid that you know does it for this or that reason. But, you know, I, I just wanted to tell people in that, that moment that, you know, it's it's not about that. You know, it's it's not about that for me at all. And um, it's not about that for a lot of the guys. I mean, you don't get into the sport of bass fishing, you know, to to make money. You know, that's no. not, not something you, you want to. Obviously, you want to support your family, but it's not something you just want to make a living doing it. And, uh you know, that's just something I wanted to tell them. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, you know, I've had some emotional moments, you know, in, in fishing before. I mean, it, and this was one of them for sure. Just, you know, I, and it usually is, I, I would say for the, the, the winners or the guys who come close and it's just a, a emotional time because you know how much it means for your life and it really, how much it changes, um, really changes everything. How has your life changed since you've won? What the media tour? I mean, what anything different? You know, really, it's uh, it's just changed as, as far as uh, you know, in the, in the months that people, I mean, you can't really just go anywhere now and people don't, you know, mention your or come up to you. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at. So that's that's kind of new for me. Uh, and you know the, the obviously the phone calls are is a little bit a little bit different you know I, i'm i'm having to answer my phone about 100 times more than i'm used to oh, yeah. which yeah. is good it, it's a good deal you know it's it's not a bad thing but um you know i'm i'm sure it'll change even more uh but you know it's just things are a little bit different yeah jordan the um the th- you make a reference to to being close a couple times I and mean, you you 
basically lost by by just a I mean barely up at Cayuga. I mean super close. You you right. you lost to Ayler in the rookie of the year deal, which another another kind of close to any of the year before that. So so you approaching this particular tournament and, and I and I, I I did a tournament report for Mercury where I, where I said exactly this. I mean you you have come really close to a defining moment in your career, but lo and behold, you had the defining moment at the most important event in the biggest stadium that this event has ever seen. And you talk about you talk about a place to have a moment. That's a place to have a moment. You know, I really saved up for for that moment for sure. Uh, <laughs> and I and I, you know, I've always thought about that. You know, you, you can't really, you can only control what's next. And uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I'll never think about those tournaments again after this one. You know, because somebody's got to finish second. You know, and I understand that. And I've never really looked back on it. And, you know, said, I wish I'd have done this or that or anything like that, but it's good to, uh, you know, it's when you win, when you win the classic, you don't, you're not going to think about those, those tournaments anymore. So the, the big question is always what happens to the classic winner of the tournament after you go to uh, Mississippi here shortly to fish uh, another tournament. What's your, what's your feeling about Ross Barnett? Yeah, we got another lake coming up and, uh, you know, it's, I think it's going to be a pretty fun tournament. It's, uh, you know, it's a real shallow water lake. It's, uh, you know, got a lot of shallow grass and things like that there. And it's really, it's probably one of the muddiest places I've ever fished. So it, that'll that'll be interesting too. But you know, I, I don't see, you know, guys catching them really over five feet of water. So it's, you know, it should be a fun tournament. If you haven't already, go to YouTube. Just type in, like I pointed out, 2017 Bassmaster Classic Jordan Lee. Super, super cool. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a six or seven minute video that was taken at, at the right. actual venue. Really awesome. It's something you should see. Jordan, thank you very much for the time this morning. I know you've done awesome. a thousand of these radio interviews in the last uh, month or so, but a thousand one. Appreciate it, my friend. This is, yeah, this is the best one by far, Joel. I appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate I, owe you. I owe you. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll see you next week. All right, man. Yep. See, see ya. Thank you. All right, man. Wow, that was a good time. That's amazing. Really, I, really I, good time. I didn't follow it this year. I, I, I missed. It. I was, I was pretty wrapped up. But a fifteen-pound comeback, unheard of, unheard. Of. I mean, I would. I mean, you can never say never. But I, I sincerely doubt that there will be another fifteen-pound comeback on the final day of, of the Bassmaster Classic. I'd bet you'd never see that again. I would I've never thought that's even possible. So waiting patiently on hold has been Steve Ellis. Steve, you kind of sat through the whole thing. You, you, Steve, you have some ideas for us as far as the preparation of Rainbow Trout, correct? What uh, What do you have for us? Okay. Uh, hey, good morning, you guys. Good morning. This is morning. a special day for kids. And, uh, you betcha. Um, I fished up in Canada for 40 years, and we'd go out early in the morning, come back at 9 o'clock, and we would have what we call fish camp. And the biggest mistake people make is you got to get – that fish clean you got to take that gill plate get it out of there put the fish on ice and i guarantee you with this recipe i give you today everybody's probably camping you got the recipes you'll have all this ingredients in your cupboard or whatever but the title to this recipe is called fish camp okay let's okay, hear i'm going to go ready. through this slow it's uh, two teaspoons of dark brown sugar one teaspoon of granulated onion, one half teaspoon of black pepper, make sure it's fresh, one half teaspoon of garlic granulated, one half 
teaspoon smoked paprika, one half teaspoon of salt, one fourth cayenne pepper. Okay, what you want to do is take these ingredients, mix, get a small bowl, and mix it all together. This will take care of about three or four servings. That's three, four trout. Okay. Uh, take this, and you want to get a piece of uh, tin foil, and you want to pat the fish dry. Okay. Okay. And then you want to you want to grease your tin foil or use Pam uh, spray, and and lightly coat the uh, tin foil. And you want to take all these ingredients and season the fish inside the cavity. That means inside the belly parts Mm -hmm. and on the outside. Okay. Uh, Loosely cover the fish on medium heat. Don't walk away from your fire because, uh, boys and girls, it's going to be done in about six to ten minutes per side. So don't leave camp. Okay. Six minutes. And... uh, what you want this fish to reach internally is between 135 and 140 degrees. Okay, when it reaches that, you're done. Okay, pull it off the deal. Uh, use some um, gloves so you don't get burnt. Nobody wants to have it burn. Go to the hospital and no. ruin your fish. <laughs> don't avoid that. Yep. Okay, garnish with a slice of lemon, or I've just come up in the last few years with another one that a lot of people don't know about: slice of pineapple. And and what you can have this with is, is get that. you a cast iron skillet, get you some fried taters and onions, and you're gonna you can have this meal breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I don't know where the bell is, but I got to ring the bell. This sounds good. Can you can you do me a favor and wait on hold so I can so I can get this? I, see, I wasn't taking notes. I don't have a pen around me. If if you would wait on hold, Steve, I would appreciate that. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll do that for you. Good deal. Good deal. Appreciate that. Pine- Thank you. I'm hungry now. That pineapple. sounds good. I haven't I've, heard of this pineapple. I've heard pineapple on steel. I know a guy that did it on summer runs. I kind of laughed at him, and I had a bite, and it's a whole new ball game. That sounds awesome. It's it's, it's neat, yeah. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the American trout fishing tradition. I've got some photos that Steve's going to put up here that will kind of blow you away. I mean, it's not all it's not all local stuff here, but the bottom line is that starting in, in January – the trout season starts, and people have these traditions that, that, that will just blow. We would love to hear your trout fishing, your opening day traditions. I mean, if you, if you do something every single year, if you go to the same place, the same lake, you eat the same food, whatever it is, we want to hear it. Give us a call at 800-829-0950. Text it into 49451. We'll be right back on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. So we're talking today about uh, the tradition of the opening day of trout season. We're going to go ahead and expand it a little bit, Steve and Gavin, to include hunting seasons and so forth. We have a pretty cool text here that says, uh, this is a little bit off subject for the trout opener, but talking about traditions, this is from the, the 253. I instantly think about every opening day for rifle blacktail hunting. Me and my dad had to have ACDC playing or else we wouldn't see a single animal. Weird how it works out that way. To which you, Gavin, had a response to that. So so you you guys have a, a – everybody has kind of funny little traditions. Tell, tell us a little bit about the one you're, you're mentioning. We have a grouse hunting oh, Microphone there. Uh, there we go. We have a grouse hunting tradition, and uh, it's che- uh, Cheetos Cheesy Poofs and Mountain Dew and Butt Rock so, all day. <laughs> all right. 
if you don't have it, you're not going to see a grouse. And when he was little, I convinced him, you need to crinkle that bag out the window every, you know, few minutes so the grouse would hear the cheesy poofs. She, so we're, and we're not, and you made a clarification here too, by the way, Gavin. It's not, it's not, not the not Cheetos, the Cheetos it's, it's the big, the, the poofy the big ones. poofy ones. <laughs> that cut the roof of your mouth. Those ones. Yep. The cheesy, cheesy poofs and Mountain Dew. Yep. That, <laughs> that's what it's all about. It's the little traditions, and, and you know, he'll oh, pass that gosh. on to his kid. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You know? For sure. Because yeah. grouse, grouse need cheesy poofs. It's their main food source. Obvious. That's why obvious. they taste so good. Obvious. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a basic food group. It right? is. Cheesy poofs a food group, yeah. By the way, one of the things that I appreciate about your, your social media is your pursuit of the best cheeseburger in the state of Washington. Working on that. Working on a book for it. So, yeah. Oh, you're doing a good, you're doing a great job. Always after the best burger. Do you have a top? Do you have Do you I, have a number one? Do you, you have know I can't. Really, really um, like? no. I have a top three. I mean, of course. Okay, let's, let, let me give me give me a in Olympia. We got Big Tom's. I mean, okay. that's a classic. I grew up eating it. Okay. It's 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 phenomenal. George Mott's from the Food Network and Travel Channel was just out there a few weeks ago. Eating really? It. I mean, really? it's the real deal. Fat Smitty's and Squim. Okay. Is is legit? Um, and again, so many they vary because it depends on my mood. Um, you know, I like. Uh, I like a Wildcat burger um, down at Dairy Dan's in Chehalis. That's been my latest kick. It's got egg on it, which I know you're not an egg fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I, don't, I mean, I just don't, I don't quite. But you're a recent Recent convert. I just yeah. the last year, I've been, I've been doing the egg thing, you know. But I haven't met a burger I haven't liked. We'll put it that way. So, Gavin, you mentioned something with peanut butter. What, uh, what is that mess all about? So, down in Portland, I believe uh, Killer Burger. Killer right? Burger, yeah. It was a uh, peanut butter bacon burger. And it sounds gross, but it's by far one of the best burgers I've had. I, I don't know. I don't know if I could. I mean, I'm gonna have to try it now. Just Salty and sweet. So. It's good. Okay, I'm Local in on that. burger, Smokies, in Tukwila. Yep, Smokies in Tukwila, up this way. Another good one. So, so have you heard of the Mount Fuji burger? This is one that I have. So, so knowing that you were coming in, I did. I just did kind of a random search for you know best burgers in Washington. Just I'm ninety nine percent sure I've seen it. I think people yeah. send me people send me hundreds of burger ref, uh, recommendations every week. Someone posted on your Facebook page, I believe, like a week the, or two. The ago. food, so yeah. Mount, Mount High Burgers in Eatonville. Mandy, is that your is that your official? That's your suggestion. Easton, okay. Mount, have you been to Mountain High Burgers? In I Easton? have not been to that. Okay, is there? It's is there anything, to do is, is there anything special? Go ahead and turn your microphone on. Is there anything? Is there anything specific about that? That that just the awesome burger, right? Okay, Mountain High Burger. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna make a special trip there to check it out because I remember the Fuji burger. The more I think about it, somebody sent me that just a couple weeks ago on Facebook. So the Mount Fuji burger is at a place called Katsu K A T S U, and it looks. See if I can get a picture of this thing up here. Yep, look at yep, look yep, at yep. this thing. Are you kidding me? Yep, I've seen that. That's the one they sent me. I couldn't do that. What is in that? I could. <laughs> he could. Tiny yeah, could do that. He could. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe if I remember it's got chicken. It's got I think it might be a fish in there. It, I mean, it almost looks like it's it. got pulled pork. It's got the whole kit and caboodle. That's too big for me. I, I that's crazy. A little, a little much. bit, a little bit much, a little bit much. So this 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 trout opener tradition. I mean this this is one that the, the, the part that I love about this is that you will you will have families that go back to the same lake. They'll stay in the same cabins. They'll they'll do a lot of stuff that has been passed on down to them and it's kind of funny because we talked about before it's i mean the the maintenance of a tradition is 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 kind of fading and the start of a tradition is something that that i don't think uh, it doesn't happen nearly enough i mean i mean tradition the definition of it it has to start somewhere right i mean it just has to start somewhere so 
So the challenge these days is is to find something that that you, your family, your friends, or whatever can do that they can carry on next year and the year after. Be silly, make it fun, something that sticks out, something that you can Absolutely. do every year that gets the kids excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, you need to be creative with it and and keep them going, keep them into the sport every year. They look forward to like that that guy said about the black tail, the ACDC. He needs mm-hmm. that. that- Absolutely. That's more than the harvest to some people. There's there are there are a handful of photos that I have published of Linnea over the past couple of years of her when she was a little girl. She has like a red Potsky hat on. I'm, I'm sure anybody who follows me on social media oh, yeah. has seen these photos. Like those photos are from from a tradition that we were kind of kind of brought into by our next door neighbors, the Duran family. When we lived in we lived in Arlington, we had a family that lived next to us that went to Lake McMurray. They had, and their family had been to Lake McMurray every year for for god knows how many years and that's that's where those and those are still some of my favorite photos i mean I'll, i take a billion photos a year like a billion and those two photos of of linnea as a little girl with with the trout are among the favorite that i will ever take and those started because of of some other family's traditional opening day festivity which is super cool to be to be welcomed into something that you're not that you're not part of before really cool and some of your fondest memories you know that's absolutely, awesome absolutely yeah. Do you do you guys? I mean, do you remember this kind of stuff at all, Gavin? Well, with me, I was going to mention Steve. You uh, you brought up that my grandfather, your dad, used to play uh, Credence Clearwater every time you go fishing up in the hoe. Oh yeah, when Credence, up or up on the Green River. We listen to Green River going to fish the Green River up at St. Helens. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I can't go down there without thinking of that. It's just the little things that stick out in your head. I mean, you brought that up to me a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So. All yeah. about the the memories. You it, know? And, it is, it is. It's and it's little it's little things too, man. You mentioned, you know, we're, we're laughing about you know cheesy poofs and Mountain Dew and so forth, but that's I mean, food's a big part of it. I mean, that that's one subject that we've kind of woven into this whole two hour deal as a food. I mean, obvi- obviously, food is food is cool. I mean, I, I, mean, I love it, and it's it's an, it's an important part of what we all do. But s- silly little things like that are 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 hyper important to 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 making memories. I think. Okay. He'll remember that more than any grouse he's ever shot, probably. You know. Yeah, that's safe and, to and, say. And that's yeah. that's important. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. What are some of your what, what's what's one of your? Oh, uh, let's see. So here's my deal. So I grew up. I grew up on on a I, you know the whole fishing thing is is something that I really didn't get a chance to pursue until I was like 18 years old. Like because I was on a ranch that was 20 miles away from the nearest stream, and it's a, and I'm talking a stream that you step across, right? Yeah. So the first fish that I ever caught in my life, I caught with my bare hands. <laughs> that's awesome with my bare hands i mean you know a little a little rainbow trout that kind of you know when you're kids you want to build a dam right do you, i mean do, mm-hmm. when you're a kid right if there's running water I still do you have to try <laughs> to build a dam do you not yeah we did that built kind of a stone dam happened to be a rainbow trout that came into there i actually caught that fish with my, with my with my bare hands that memory is one that that the, the little the little place was called hunter creek and here's how the tradition started for me my school on the last day, would all go fishing. Okay. Little town, small town. There was only maybe, I don't know, 70 kids in the entire school. I mean, that's how small it was. But our final day activity was to go fishing. The teachers, we'd all go in the bus and we would go fishing. I love it. That, I guarantee you, does not happen today. Nope. Any Anywhere. Anywhere. It just doesn't happen. Nope. That's, uh, and it needs to. I really think it does. They need to have even to these kid, these stock kids trout ponds. They need to have you know your fourth grade trip every year, last day of school or day before spring I, break. Take the kids out. Absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, because of 
legality and uh, litigation and everybody wants to sue everybody and you know i mean the possibility of that happening in today's world are are pretty slim which is tragic which is tragic it's really sad people yeah. don't want to see where their food comes from either no they don't they don't no, they no. struggle with that yeah. i will until until my dying day i will remember getting on the yellow bus to drive out to hunter's creek to fish on my final day of school that's awesome super cool yeah Let's take our final break of the day. When we come back, we, we would love to hear more about your traditions. Give us a call, 800-829-0950. By the way, we have a suggestion, the Scale Burger. The I've, Scale Burger. I've heard of that. That's um, doesn't mention where it's at because I've heard that. That's uh, by, um, by Torch Rainier. Correct. Um, that is correct. Yes. Yes. The Scale Burger. We'll look it up. We'll yeah, look we'll it up. Look it up. The break. Yep. Give us your suggestions right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. You know, we talked a lot so far today, guys, about <clears throat> sort of traditional pursuits during the course of the trout opener. Joined this morning by Steve Kramer and uh, Gavin Kramer. We didn't talk, you just mentioned that you heard that commercial, the Max Lure commercial. How, how many, how many, let's talk about traditional baits and lures and so forth. How many fish have been caught by a wedding ring? A, bill, a billion? A billion. Have to be over a billion. They've been around what forty forever, fifty years, forever. better. I don't yeah. even know billions. Yeah. Yep, that's my guess. My go to if I'm going to trout fish nine times out of ten, I'm dragging a wedding ring and a worm. Yeah, absolutely simple. We've got uh, we've got a a caller, Paul in Olympia. So Paul, here's the, Paul's a frequent caller. Like like we we talk quite a bit. Um, and and <laughs> Paul's got a different perspective on this whole tradition opener thing because Paul wasn't raised around here. Like okay. like he didn't he didn't grow up around. He grew up down in the south where the traditions are a little bit different. But let's talk, Paul. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the fact that, that we've got this 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 is the day that more people fish, and it's super cool. But but what about tradition in in your in your childhood? Like what like what what's it like to grow up in in a southern home and have a fishing tradition? What's that like? Well, the southern you know basically the southern tradition was as soon as the weather started getting nice, you started cleaning your gear off and started polishing your 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 reels up and getting your tackle ready. And then Dad and I, we would go out, and we would have uh, have our uh, spring fishing trip planned. We would go to a place called Lake Chatoug, which is in uh, northern Georgia. Mm-hmm. And it was a bass fishery. It was on the TVA, uh, Tennessee Valley Authority uh, mm-hmm. waterways. But we would get skunked all the time because we didn't have a boat. <laughs> so we found a yeah. great little trout farm way back up in the woods. And so we would do our camping trip on Lake Chatoug. And then follow that up with a little uh, stop at the at the trip. A little bit of a, that's <laughs> an altered tradition, right? Our tra- that's that's hilarious. The, camp, <laughs> the camping trip and they go catch some fish. Guaranteed yeah. catch. Yeah. And we'd come home and mom would of course say, "How'd you guys do?" And we'd have this cooler full of trout. Boy, you guys are great fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, coming out that's here to Washington cool. was a lot different, Joel. And I yeah. I texted you know, uh, great fishery out here. It's so it's such a good opportunity. But one of our fondest memories with my son Daniel and I are uh, is being on the water and calling in uh, to oh, yeah. to a Northwest Wild Country and letting you guys know how remember we were doing. All so, those remember that you did that several years, absolutely uh, for several years, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that's good stuff. You know, it's, it's funny too because we talk a little bit about um, uh, about you know traditions. I mean, here we're we're somewhat spoiled by the fact that we have so many different things that we can do here. And that's one thing that we have in the Pacific Northwest that I don't think anybody else can match. We have this crazy diversity. I mean, we, I mean, literally, I mean, and we're, we grew up in salmon country. Everybody talks about salmon and steelhead and so forth. But, but I think, you know, the, the, the I, and I use the word humble again, the humble rainbow trout is kind of like, a, it's thought of as kind of a secondary pursuit. 
But it, it the bottom line is that it's all about opportunity. And the thing you just described, Paul, of you and you and Daniel, that's something that's being repeated, you know, several thousand times today. And I, I think Absolutely. that's the, the cool. I think that's the coolest thing ever. It is, and you know, you mentioned the pictures of Linnea too. I mean, I've got that one picture of Daniel where he's got a monster trout, mm-hmm. and it's I've got one in the shop and one in the house, and it's just one of those fond memories I look at and just grin. It makes my heart warm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Let's talk a little bit though about how to maintain that tradition because it is it is something that that over the years has has slipped a little bit as far as as far as a cultural thing. And and it's not just endemic to the Pacific Northwest. I mean, this has happened all around the country. I mean, the, the culture of the culture of fishing and hunting has has I, I faded is not the right word. Is faded the right word, Steve? I think it's faded. Is it the right word? Uh, yeah, I. It's just yeah, faded. It's different. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's not a priority to people anymore. People are too wrapped up in themselves and social media and TV and in their busy lives. True. Yeah. Boy, and I would I would just uh, like to chime in on that too because now Daniel's. 18 he's super busy in school and really focused on school and and you know it, it you know life changes and i would anticipate as he gets a little older that we're going to make those special times uh to, to get together get on the water again that's that's very very well said that is that is very well said paul man it's always good to hear your voice thanks thanks uh, for calling your voice too. great yeah, man. great show this morning guys thank you bud appreciate thank that you, you yep. betcha yeah so gavin you're over there you're over there nodding your head you're over there nodding your head saying yep yeah. yep i mean my life i mean i'm 18 uh out of high school own a business it's very very busy mm-hmm. and i mean i haven't been out as much as i wish i could yeah I mean, i've touched a rod probably four or five times in the last two years that's the way that's that's the way of the world man i mean but it is it is a busy life that we lead we make our time to hunt that's our i mean that's his favorite thing mm-hmm. so we really i mean i'll go play guide for him and pack mule and whatever needed so he can get his hunts in and and mm-hmm. enjoy our it's some of my fondest memories hunting and fishing yeah. with him but you know people just need to make the time yeah Agreed. You know, but Agreed. it's expensive. The average Joe Blow can't afford these hunts. We're being priced out of the market for the average working class guy. Well, they can't go to Montana or go to Idaho no. to go on a deer hunt. You made a good point too when we were talking to to Aaron from Raisin Outdoors about the fact that that yes, I mean if you go if you go into the store, you go to Sportco, you go to Outdoor Emporium, and you're going to buy all the gear that's necessary for your child to fish. You can find really great deals. It's still going to cost you a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it's 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 pretty difficult to get out i mean mean, at least 50 right i mean you're you're gonna have to spend for for a for a decent rod a decent reel that you can utilize next year that's not going to just fall apart after this year i mean i mean it's it's going to cost you just just a little bit of money there's no doubt about that and people are intimidated i think a lot of parents that don't fish but their kids every kid wants to catch a fish every kid's like oh a fish that's awesome damn straight nobody the parents are intimidated they they don't Mm -hmm. they don't know what to do they don't want i don't want to touch a worm i don't want to they don't know where to go. They don't know where to begin. I try to. I take a ton of kids out every year doing that, and just try to get them into the sport. Show their parents what's up. It's easy. That and also, I think there's a fear in parents that what happens if we don't catch a fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see they don't want to see their kids' hope for fishing just topple off because of that reason. Then they don't want to go again. If if you take a kid fishing and they fish a couple of days in a row, don't catch anything. Uh, it, it's a, it's important to be successful. Bluegills, all about the bluegills. Super important. I mean, and you ra- you raise a good point. Both of you kind of you, you, you're kind of you know heading toward a point here. I mean, so it, for people who who do not, I mean, so we we wake. I mean, this is just the life that we live. I mean, I mean, ever since I was 19 years old, I have basically lived in the fishing and hunting world. That that's what I do for a living. So so this stuff is just kind of it's just there. For the vast majority of people, that is not the case. 
I mean, I mean, the bottom line is that when they go to the store shelves and they see 10,000 different baits and they see 300 different rods and they see, I mean, e- even though r- fishing for rainbow trout is really simple, is really simple, maybe it's not quite as simple as, as, as we think it is, honestly, to tell you the truth. Maybe, maybe it's not quite as simple as, as, as I would like to, to project it to be. It would be like you or me trying to, you know, go fix a car if we had no automotive experience or it's it's overwhelming. I can't go shop for shoes or makeup. If somebody said, go buy me some makeup, I wouldn't know what to get. I mean. <laughs> hey, Steve, come, go buy me a pair of soccer cleats. Yeah, I get all types of lost. Yeah, good luck know? with that, right? Yeah. Right. We have uh, we have another tradition caller on, on line one. I don't have the name. Well, what's the, what is the tradition you'd like to share? Nope, are we there? I guess not. That's okay, Mandy. We're almost out of time, anyways. We'll have to we'll have to take it some other time. Yeah, I mean, those are great analogies. Those are great analogies. I mean, I mean, how if you walk into a into a into a a store with with a wall full of makeup, you have no you have no clue what you're going to do with it. Somebody could give me a list and I'd mess it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I I wouldn't yeah. know. So you can't blame them. You know, it's just no. help when you can. And people people that are experienced outdoorsmen need to mentor some children. Be it your neighbor kid, your your niece, your nephew, your, you know. Or at least the parents of help, the kids. Help them. Teach the parents, yeah. you know. Anybody can go catch a trout. Anybody can. There's enough youth ponds. Most most good-sized cities have a youth a youth pond somewhere. That's, that's the case, yep. 15 for sure. and under. They stock yep. the heck out of those things. It's been good to have you guys in today. I, I would love to do this again. Thank doesn't, you. Doesn't, doesn't have to be opening day. Doesn't have to be any specific day. I would love to have you guys come in and sit in this, this studio again sometime. We'd love to come back. That was a hoot. It'd be super cool. A quick reminder. My challenge to everyone out there, go to RaisinOutdoors.com. Go to your garage. Take a look at all the stuff that you're not going to fish over the next year. Package it up. Bundle it up. Go find out how to send it to Aaron at RaisinOutdoors.com. Send it to somebody who's going to use it. Donate, please. I'm going to do it. First thing I do this I'm, morning. I'm doing it today when I get home. We'll see you guys same time, same place right here on Sports Radio 950 KGR and Comcast Sportsnet. Good luck fishing.